You're listening to the How and Steve English Podcast, a comfy place to talk about all the great and not-so-great parts of teaching ESL abroad. I'm Steve, and I'm here with Hal. Howdy. And today we're going to talk about what you need to do in the first five minutes of class to make sure you have a really awesome day. Stay tuned. Before we dive into this, let me tell you about what's going on at HowAndSteveEnglish.com. As you know, we make a ton of awesome ESL resources for adults and children conversation. Right now, we've got a ton of really great children's games still on our store, which you can find. And we've got a new redesign coming out soon, which will have pretty awesome effects on our monthly membership program. But if you're looking for stuff right now for free that you can use, Hal is busy making some adult conversation activities, which you can find on our blog. Hal, could you fill us in uh, about that as it is? Yeah, just... Uh, click on our blog section and uh, I've uploaded several uh, free conversation lessons um, starts out with a fun topic and uh, goes into uh, uh, with an image to talk about and then goes into a table topic uh, or a warm-up con- uh, conversation question as well as a hypothetical conversation warm-up question and therein goes into a fun idiom and then it goes into four or five vocabulary related to the topic and then you follow that with uh, several fun conversation questions and then you follow that I've included two different uh, conversational activities so that you can have a fun speaking activity um, once you've taught them the vocabulary and discuss things and then after that I've got a homework project, so you liter- you've you've got two hours there of uh, teaching material if you want. Sounds great, and guys, just go to howlandsteveenglish.com, get up our blog, and you'll be able to find it. All right, you ready to talk about what we do in the first five minutes of class? Yeah, let's do it. Great, so I think... Having a routine and having the children do something in the first five minutes of class can really set you up for success because I've been at times too casual of a teacher who just has the children come in and I have them sit down and casually just begin class with lazily starting conversation with the kids that I like and then moving on to attendance. And I noticed it's And it's pretty obvious, I guess, to anybody. When you begin class like that, you're really setting yourself up for failure. Unless it's a really self-motivated group of kids, that doesn't really just get the energy going in the right direction. At least in my experience. When I do that with a class that's below B1 level, they all just kind of sink a little bit in their seats. And they're not so invested in what we're learning that day. And they're not so anxious to try and answer my questions throughout the rest of the day. Because there's no, I guess, urgency and there's no real energy driving the class forward. It's kind of, without the routine, it's too lazy. And I think that's true in any part of life. And I think it's really true in the classroom. Now, my first five minutes are set up with a very strict routine to get the kids in the right mindset to learn and to get them sharply and accurately answering my questions and participating in class. Um, Now, did you set your routine up because you have the same problems as me? Um, No, I would just say 
I've I've watched some like pro teacher tips and um, it falls in line with what you're saying. They um, they talk about you know setting the tone and the, and the ritual and the expectations and I think um, you know creating creating the classroom environment. I think I've definitely heard and uh, what you're talking about is uh, crucial and can can be a, a game changer. But um, where I am, I think, is I've um, just been setting my ritual and then my steps. So I think that's that's going to be a little bit different. So that may just be my press process or I just haven't gotten to the point. You're kind of beyond me, maybe. Well, I the doubt that you're, you're, very, you're very humble whenever you talk about this. I usually follow you. Um, but yeah, I just, for me, it was based on the fact that a lot of my classes would just kind of go so-so or there just would be a lack of energy. And the words are escaping me right now to properly describe the feeling and the results in class. But I think anybody really can figure it out. When you have uh, your substitute teacher for the day in school and they really don't know what's going on and they're not very... They may be well organized, but they're not engaging the children um, in a quick way or in a very, I guess, to double dip into that word, in a very engaging way. You don't really feel like a need to participate in class. And that's what I always had a problem with. The kids wouldn't participate. And because it's a communication focused class, they wouldn't they wouldn't learn anything. And it really, really was tough. So, yeah, how about the how did that how did that journey start out through frustration and anger? I think I had really great students. We started with adults, obviously in our businesses, but I had really great students who I could just walk up, walk into class and they were motivated to communicate with me. And then I had other students who enrolled in our classes and they weren't motivated to communicate with me, but they had this idea that they wanted to be good at speaking English. And so they literally thought they just had to bring their body into the classroom. And this was, again, adult students. And they would sit there and everything was on me. You know, everything was on me to get them to speak. And I found it pretty insane that they put in almost zero effort. I had to pry the words from them as if I could suddenly magically make them not shy and suddenly make them not have crippling anxiety whenever they're around somebody and they don't want to make a mistake. And... I start talking about these adults because the adults are so similar to the children because these adult students that I had, at least here in Korea, were the parents of children in some cases, but they're definitely the people that children listen to and mimic when it comes to behavior. That was something I talked about the other day, and I think it's one of the big problems with teaching is... You know, the effect that parents' behavior or the the behavior of adults around them have on the kids. And in, at least in Korea, the adults are very competitive with their children. They're very judgy. We often have a stereotype of tiger moms in the United States, like a really mean Asian parent who will yell at the kid if they don't get an A. And in general, I hope nobody kills me for saying this. It seems to be true. Like They obviously send their kids to academy six hours a day not for the joy of learning or not because they want their kid to be fluent in English as we often we always say it's not the kids aren't becoming fluent in English 
just so they can memorize test questions and beat their peers on a test and climb the ladder of society. Mm. Um, and it begins there, I think. The kids are so deathly afraid of communicating or deathly afraid of participating in class, like so many other beginners, because of their parents. Um, and it's not true for everybody, but it's true for a lot of folks. So there's no, they're in the classroom because their parents put them there. Now what? Nobody really, no kid really joins the academy because they love English. They might grow to love the teacher and love the class later on if you teach well. But it's rare that a young child is in the class because they want to be fluent in English. They may not even have a real concept of that. So they're not motivated by themselves. What can I do to work with that? Okay. And I suppose that's a big tangent, a big roundabout way to get into this point, but to make them love English, I really think that they need to feel progress. And to make them feel progress, they need to participate. And they get them to participate, I need them to get over that fear that even the adults have. And that's what I have set up in my first five minutes. It's this really high energy, um, this high energy mandatory participation in communication with everybody and with me and getting organized and ready to begin the day. Um, and I'll just quickly read it off because mm -hmm. I wrote it down really quickly. So first things first, we had to train all the kids to make lines. Kids didn't know how to line up. They would, <laughs> they would just, you know, not queue up the right way. And, and they, they didn't realize that they had to come to my door and they need to come to class. They don't learn those things at the local school here. That might be different in less rural parts of Korea, but that's true up here. So we had to train them to line up. And then I don't do assigned seating. I don't want to deal with people fighting and people complaining about sitting in the back. So it's first come, first serve. So whoever's in the front of the line gets to sit in the front of the class. And I mm. sit them alternatingly, girl, boy, girl, boy. I never let the same sex list, uh, sit next to each other because it causes problems later on. Um, because when they do misbehave and you do have to do assigned seating or you do have to change it to girl boy girl boy seating they're gonna have even an even bigger fit about it later on right. try to start with that and then i also you know of course if somebody habitually sits in the back because they get to the line too late or because they have low self-esteem they want to sit in the back i'll i'll mix it up and have them sit in the front and once they sit down, they know the rule. They have to have all their books and notebooks opened with either their homework or the lesson that we'll be doing today on their desk. So they need, at our school, we have a student book, a workbook, and a notebook. So they need to have their student book open to today's lesson that they'll learn. They have to have their workbook, which is their homework book, open to the completed homework from the previous day. And they need to have their notebook open with either a blank sheet ready for today or with the homework from the previous day. And if they don't do this, I usually just stare at them and they get the message. All of this happens really quickly in the first five minutes. Um, from them coming in to sitting down and having all that stuff ready for me is probably less than a minute. And the first two or three students to get organized, I award points. And if they don't get the message from me staring at them, they get the message that they need to organize when I give points to the other students. Um, now, after that, I just do group drills with TPR really quickly. I greet them. I say, hello, students. How are you? What's your name? How old are you? What's this? Is it blue? Is it big? Is it small? Is it happy? Um, are you happy? Are you hungry? What are these? Are they? So basically just your starters level uh, questions. 
and that takes about two minutes and I do it as a group I know that's not ideal but it gets them primed and ready like you just hear the chanting from my room um, and yeah it's not ideal because obviously some children don't know what they're saying or they they just they're going through the motions of it without clearly articulating but I'm my goal is to just get them in the right mindset um, if there's a little bit of time I'll have them do pair drills instead of interacting with me as a group but that's it um, after that I take attendance and check their homework so Sarah yes I'm here do you have your homework yes I do I have my homework no I don't I don't have my homework um, and that's about the first four minutes I usually have that one extra minute left but that would be the first five minutes of my class and immediately after that I launch into a five-minute review activity of the previous day's grammar so for me um, for example in our starters course in the first six months they learn have and they learn has so I'll tell them I'll write he has on the board and they'll start describing a character that I have to draw on the board and it gets pretty active, especially if you award them points. So he has a big nose, he has a small nose, he has scary eyes, he has tiger eyes. You know, when they start make, mixing up the animal vocabulary that they know with uh, the body part uh, vocabulary, which they probably just recently learned, it gets pretty, pretty funny for them. Alternatively, I'll just put a character on the, uh, on the screen using Canva. I'll just search a random character that they already have, or I'll upload an image of Link or Mario or Captain America or Black Widow or Captain Marvel for them to describe. And I usually use he, she, and it. But that's how I begin my day. And before I did this, I definitely had a higher chance of having a bum class than a good class. But because I do this, at least the first 10 minutes of my class are pretty awesome. But yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I mean that sound that sounds pretty amazing. You need you've got to record that for sure okay. because um I think I've seen that kind of thing um, in the US, but I don't think I've seen an ESL native teacher recording where they've um, got it down to a a science like it should be you know like a like a normal classroom would be because uh generally speaking in the esl classroom is not not comparable i think but yeah i think um yeah i think that's great for uh, the listeners to hear but i think uh even better for them to see yeah, I'll go each ahead of those, I'll, I'll each of those, it. yeah, even like, yeah, even a clip all together, and then each of those broken up, you know, down to them having them line up outside of the um, classroom, which, which I uh, I understand your sentiment there. I don't, I don't know. Maybe they don't use lines here, but yeah, they don't inherently they don't understand how to line up. But for me, that's how I split them into teams and whatnot. So I tell them to get in a line in that case, and um, I guess maybe they don't do that here, yeah, because they don't know how to line up. Well, I've got a big list of common sense things that might just be um, culturally relative. Well, I don't even think that's the right word, but uh, non-existent here. So I know it's also when I hand them a pack of papers to pass around, like take one, pass it down. That must have been something that we were brainwashed with, take one, pass it down. 
they don't do that. They individually hand out each sheet of paper to everybody. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. But I suppose I should save those minor complaints or observations. Um, yeah, I've, I've really, I'm really happy with this system. I, I've, I've had all the other teachers try to replicate it. Uh, my wife, who's also a teacher there, does some pretty good stuff. Before they're even at the level where they would learn what's the weather like or how's the weather, and they wouldn't learn the days of the week or the months of the year, which is typically in the second year or in the second half of the first year, she has them doing chants about that already in the first year or early on in the first year, just so they have that fundamental English ability that uh, somebody would scrutinize them about if they went and uh, went to a different academy or went somewhere where they had to have some English ability. So hers is a little bit different. It uses some different words, but that's that's generally what we do. And I, I'll take a video for sure. But I'm really curious about what you were going to tell me about. It sounded like you were approaching this at a different angle. Well, yeah. I mean, as you know, I mean, it's not being... It's not so much me being humble. I wish I could be humble, but you know, my environment is in more of a flux. You've got complete control of your environment there, and I think you've got your system and your science in your school. I've kind of been floating around, so I just... Uh, I it, I guess it's more survival for me, but um, as our listeners maybe, maybe know, I, I work... Uh, that have worked for hogwans you you've got to have you, you don't have as much control there so i do some work for our business but then i also do some work for some academies and so i think that keeps me more in a more in a flux but as far as my ritual goes um yeah i i, I guess i've just kind of got my ritual so class does not start until I say it starts and that's kind of my per protection so until I put those five store five stars on the board and until I say class has started it's that wild crazy land that you've kind of stamped out by having your system I don't I don't have that so I still deal with that chaos of like kids coming in and out and then it's like Oh, they are, they, you know, they constantly change what classes the kids are in. So half the time there's new kids coming in and then, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, that just completely throws you off when you don't control those aspects. So what I just do is I've got that, I've got that chaos happening. So whatever the first few minutes, I just kind of let them do their thing. And then when I'm ready, when I've got my my head assembled, I'll put those stars on the board and I'm say and I say, class has started. You know, no Korean, no shouting, no standing. Um, but until I do that, and then I lay out a piece of paper on each of their desks, make sure they have a pencil. But yeah, if you if I start the class, if I kind of halfway start the class or stumble into it, yeah, it's it's horrible. So. That, I guess that's the first thing that you have to have as a teacher is, is definitely have that starting point down where, where you and the kids are starting class at the same time. 100%. You, you can't just haphazardly 
start the class. And like you mentioned that these other academies, they change who's in your class every week because they don't, they don't really care who's in your class and the moms don't really know what's happening at the academies anyway. So as long as the kids said, oh, I saw the foreigner today, that's enough. Yeah. And so you get screwed because kids come in and out not only by week, but by minute in your class. Some kids just show up 20 minutes in because of, <laughs> this happened to me too. The director's just pushing them into the classroom. Oh, he's supposed to be in here today. Yeah, right. I've <laughs> I've begun to suspect they just are putting the troubled kids that they don't know what to do with randomly in my classes. And that's why I can't track, track anything. Oh, what a Shonda if that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean that's pretty mi- that's that's pretty much it. I I would just I would just key our our listeners in on what you're doing. Um, I have my I guess my the only thing I would add to that is um, my strong suit right now is teacher says game, and teacher says game is kind of like your. Um, warm-up drilling with the entire class teacher says kind of like as a catch-all for a lot of the different levels i do and then i can review any vocabulary any any grammar anything into it and it, it gets the kids the tpr gets them up and move them gets them amped up so it's a good thing to begin or end your class with first five minutes or last five minutes um so that's I think that I would I would figure that in. It's really smart. I've been doing that every time we go through the new word section of the lesson. I'll suddenly break into small talk because, or not small talk, teacher says because they learn the new words. And I when I teach a new word, I have them try to guess at first what it is. Then I have them just read what it is. If they can read if they're at that level. If not, I'll just tell it, and then we listen and repeat what the teacher says, and then I let them decide what the TPR for it will be. I think that was based on your recommendation to allow the students to build their own TPR based on the song. Oh yeah, did that go well? Oh my god, it's, it's transformed my every class I've ever taught. It's transformed everything. Uh, the energy levels in class are at, you know, the new minimum level of energy in class is much higher now because... Um, they're able to invest in some fun body or body language, which, you know, physical activity really boosts it. So my, there may be some dull days for me, but they're really not that dull in the long run anymore. Yeah. Um, it still surprises me how excited they get to give that input to create those actions for the songs. Yeah. <laughs> they really get into it. The, the little boys though, like the second grade and first grade boys are pretty, <laughs> unimaginative they really just shimmy their oh, bodies yeah. every single time they just want to yeah. shimmy bodies. it's mostly the girls yeah <laughs> yeah and so i do that tpr with the language that they've learned and then i do teacher says and there's one thing I, that i added on to it so i make them chant or repeat what i've said so teacher says uh what was it teacher says i'm going to ski going skiing or go skiing was a vocabulary term so I don't like to just give them the term. I like to put it in a sentence sometimes. Yep. So you do the TPR for I'm, which is a thumb into their chest, and then going skiing. But it's made the game really difficult because if you have to repeat what I say, then you're probably not going to make a mistake and get out. 
Yeah, no, that's great. I just like uh, feel like kind of like nerding out on on teacher says, but another thing I do, I'm curious if you if you do this, you do dancing with them, right? Sometimes. Well, we do for the songs. We have TPR for every um, line of the song, but it's not outright just dancing. Well, I mean, uh, as far as teacher says game goes. I do occasionally, yeah. Teacher says dancing, but um, I usually just focus on the books, that chapter's vocabulary. So I haven't done dancing actually in a while. Well, yeah. If there's any teachers out there that you you got, um, you like music or you want to take advantage of some American culture, the kids don't know any of that. So it's like you can make that your own. So what I'll do is I will just assign a dance to a student's name. So say I've got Sally and Jack. So I'll say, okay, teacher says Sally dance. And then I'll do the Macarena (laughs) and, and Sally and we'll get a kick out of it. And all the kids will look over at Sally and they'll be like, Oh, it's the Sally dance. And then, you know, I'll, I'll overemphasize the Macarena basically. And I'll be like, okay, Let's do the jack dance, and I'll do, like, uh, walk like an Egyptian, like, you know, put my hands out, spazzing out in different directions. How many dances Man. do you know? I don't think I know more than ten dances. Or I don't know more than three dances. So the Egyptian thing, and then the Macarena, and then... You know how it is. With it, right? uh, What's the only one? Yeah, I don't... I don't... Like I said, if there's some people that actually listen to music, maybe they know more than me. I, then I just start reaching after that. I do um, the cutie dance, and then I start doing all those um, cute face things they do, you know, like putting the V shape, uh, and I swing my yeah. arms back and forth, and then I don't, uh, the spaghetti dance. I start devolving from there. Maybe some Michael oh, that's pretty Michael genius. Jackson stuff. Uh, the chicken dance, you know, it's just stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's pretty great. I've... Um... I really love TPR, and I find it really useful as well. And it's kind of the thing that will really save your class because if you do have that kind of lulling, slow, drooling, drawling class, and there's no really motivation to study today, you should be able to fix it with teacher says. Yeah, I'm exactly. TPR is key, so. That's probably the easiest way to fit in TPR into your class. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to recall any negative experiences. That and songs. From either my past. Like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to recall any bad class beginnings or openers from the past. But I don't think I ever really had the chance to observe many other Wanaming teachers. Oh, I just got the PC bong warning that I've got 30 minutes left. For our listeners who don't know, we typically record these at the internet cafes in Korea. Um, but I can't really remember. I mean, just the worst is casually walking into class and saying, Hi, how are you? And Okay, what'd you do this weekend? I find that's very useful for high-level students or one-on-one class. But I don't find it very useful for children in a group class. Uh, yeah, you've definitely covered, I mean, what to do well in the first five minutes. I mean, if you're saying, like, move on to the to the things not to do. 
I yeah, maybe should we do that now or for uh, maybe we should do that in a different podcast? Five things that will ruin your class if you do it in the first five minutes. Or things that ruin your class in the first five minutes. No, yeah, I think we're we're pretty well off right right now. I don't want to ruin our our run here. Spot on. Well, folks, I guess we're gonna cut it here, and we'll try to get back to you with a another episode about what you will do in the first five minutes that will ruin your class um as always really appreciate you guys checking in and listening to us we've been really happy with the growth of the podcast we've we've soared past a thousand listeners a month and that was pretty exciting um it's the new year we're hoping to keep on climbing as always we'd love for you to go to howlandsleepinglist.com check out our blog section if you want some free resources if you're the generous type you can check out our shop and buy some resources for your class as always, we have the membership, which is $9.99 a month. And stay tuned. We're going to have some really interesting developments on that website this year. And there are going to be some really great opportunities for teachers to create their own content with us and also to get their hands on a lot of our content at a, uh, at a pretty good deal, a pretty good bargain. So stay tuned. All right, guys. Catch you next time. Catch you next time.